0: Sedano on L Z with you here on 710 ESPN. So we're going to try to effort to find David Fisdale here in just a moment. Uh, real quick, though, I let's we might as well squeeze in some Dodger talk, LZ, because I think it's important <laughs> that we important. get them in. Uh, but I want to tell people real quick if your vehicle's due for service, um, head to your neighborhood, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. All right. So here's the deal home of the 15 minute. Uh, drive-through oil change for over 30 years. Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room at Valvoline. You stay in your car nice and safe while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmissions, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in less than 15 minutes. Visit their website, SoCalOilChange.com, for locations and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Curtis, uh, Fizz hit me back. He's ready. But in the interim, uh, LZ, what do you what what is your thoughts just overriding thoughts on the Dodgers and Brewers?
1: Well, this Brewers team they're they're very unconventional. They are. And they're going to throw all sorts of things at Dave. That's going to require him not to rely upon stats and analytics to make decisions, but rather his gut. Mm-hmm. That's what happened the last time they faced off in the postseason. I think it's gonna be more of the same this year. That this is gonna be a series that's gonna be Dave Roberts managing and not just simply plug and playing.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh council and those guys are very unconventional. They haven't played all well all that well this year, but I do think as long as they can get to their starters, they should be fine and the Dodgers should advance fairly easily. Like I'm not super concerned about Milwaukee. I think that's actually the best possible matchup for the Dodgers in this wild wild card round of Best of three, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But it's so let, crazy. Let's talk about the NBA Finals, which starts tomorrow. Uh, you can catch the action right here on this very station. Our coverage begins at 4 o'clock. David Fisdale, ESPN NBA analyst, uh, former head coach of the Grizzlies and Knicks, and, of course, Coach LeBron James as an assistant with the Heat. He joins us here now. L.A. Kid. So, Fizz, this is – I've been saying this, too. Like, this is the best of both my worlds colliding. I would imagine you feel the same. <laughs>
2: Yeah, man, I'm so pumped up for this. Uh, in a in a in a, a really chaotic year, uh, and knowing knowing how this whole bubble thing was going to work out, and all of this other stuff, for it to end up uh, Lakers Heat, I, we couldn't ask for anything better than that. I think it's going to be an exciting series, and I hope it. I was telling somebody the other day, I hope they can play nine games
1: who's the X factor for the heat and who is the X factor for the Lakers in this series?
2: Oh, that's a good question. LZ. Um, I think for the heat, uh, Goran Dragic uh, continuing to play at the level that he's been playing at, uh, I think is important. I don't know if he can sustain that high a level cause he's been playing so great, but man, why not? Um, I, but I think he's a, he's a, uh, extremely key ingredient to the whole thing. Uh, and I think probably equally as important is uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to say one guy. I, I'm going to say it's the, the small forwards of the heat and that whole core that has to guard LeBron for the whole series. You know, Crowder, Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, Solomon Hill, uh, those guys are going to be critical in how they compete. Do it with discipline and, and, and really try to slow and disrupt LeBron. Uh, for the Lakers, I, um, I think Rondo is that 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 X factor. I think when Rondo plays well for the Lakers, you can book it. You're not winning that game. It just seems like when he's when he's clicking and he's got the rest of those guys getting involved uh, when LeBron's out of the game and he's getting LeBron easy baskets in transition and. Getting ad spin lobs and stuff like that, where they make eye contact and connect on plays like that, I think that that really lifts their team up. And so I really think Rondo uh, is that guy who really can can you know hammer the Heat if they don't do a good job and and you know getting back against him and really respecting him for what he brings to the table.
0: David Fizdale with us here, Fiz. With the Lakers, they're such a strong team at getting points in the paint, whether it's off lobs or drives or whatever, right? Like, they're so dominant in that area. We've seen Miami implement different strategies defensively, like building a wall uh, with Giannis. Uh, We've seen them go zone heavy with the Celtics. What do you think you you should try to do against that paint dominance that the Lakers
2: have? Well, you know – obviously it starts when the the shot goes up or or conversely when decisions are being made that can lead to turnovers you do not want to be a team that allows the lakers to get out in transition um when they when they can run on you 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 might as well just book it these guys are so dominant if they can get 20 plus points in transition and so i just think that it, it, the whole concept of packing that paint and slowing them down starts with the commitment to getting back on the release of the ball. And if a turnover happens, because uh, you must get shots against them, if a turnover happens, you really, really try to save possessions and, and get them to, to, you know, move, have to move the ball multiple passes. And then after that, I think in the half court, uh, you just really have to have a commitment to your principles, uh, guys guarding on ball have to really compete without fouling, um, you know, and getting their chest in front of people. Uh, I think off off the ball you got to have a foot in the paint all the time and be ready to do two things at once, which is pack the paint and close to a shooter. Uh, and then ultimately the the really big area I think you got to be aware of because they're humongous is the offensive glass, and that's paint points. And you got to just find a way to do a job. And I think the Heat, out of all of the teams that play small, if you watch their games, they do the best job. One, their, their guards really do a great job of rebounding. But two, they do a great job of tipping the ball away to a teammate when they can't get a rebound. And so that whole game is going to be, you know, I think that's where it, it all lies. Is if the Heat can can really put keep their chest in front of of, of the Lakers and keep LeBron and A.D. settling for outside jump shots.
1: You know, we don't spend a great deal of time talking about Frank Vogel because of the star power of his roster. But as a fellow coach, can you talk about how difficult it is to try to guide a team to a championship round in your first year of meeting the team?
2: Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting you ask that question uh, because obviously I watched Spo do that with the Big Three, and uh, it is not easy. What Frank and the staff has done, Lionel Hollins and Kurt Rambis and Jay Kidd, Miles Simon, and all those guys, what they've done in their first year to get this team playing the way they have, so unselfishly, so committed to defending, uh, and you know, really being happy for the next guy. Uh, that has to be, uh, you know, commended. Frank's a hell of a coach, and I think people knew Frank was a hell of a coach after Indiana, but it's a different it's a different challenge, like you're saying, when you get the likes of LeBron and AD, and all of a sudden everybody expects you to win, uh, and and dealing with managing those expectations and, and really putting your team in a position to live up to all of these expectations. I thought I, I really think uh, Frank has has done a, a superior job of coaching and, and really. What I love about what he's doing is, is, and you know, it's that same trait of what Spo has is they don't, they don't care about the credit. You know, they don't want. You know, Frank's not out there beating his chest and look at me, I'm the, the, you know, I'm winning games. He's just coaching his team and and he's letting them do the things that they do well, and uh, he's motivating them and he's using the right things to inspire them. And so, yes, Frank Vogel deserves a ton of credit. So there are a lot of storylines
0: in this one, as you know, Fizz, and you know a lot of the participants in this one. Um, one of them has been Pat Riley and uh, and LeBron, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, we were talking about this earlier because LeBron was saying that um, you know he was asked if this one means more, and you know he gave a very cursory answer about that. It's very hard to get here, yada yada. And then A.D. said, yeah, this one would mean, like, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he said that, yeah, this one would mean uh, something to him. I don't think there's any doubt because it's them. Um, Now, I would imagine both sides uh, feel that way, and and I I believe this, and you tell me if I'm wrong because, again, you know all the parties involved. I've said this for a long time. For whatever issues they may have with each other, LeBron James and Pat Riley's personalities are almost mirror images How do you feel about that statement by me?
2: I mean, from the standpoint of really wanting to win, yes. Um, Similar from the standpoint of of tacticians of of execution and knowledge of the game, absolutely. Um, I I, I do think the, the beauty of what you're talking about is the fact that Pat won so many rings in L.A., I think that adds a whole nother element to it. Like, yes, it would have been awesome if we could have, you know, when I was in Miami and we could have got to the finals and or the Eastern Conference Finals and played Cleveland that year uh, when we lost to Toronto in the game seven to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, Miami, Cleveland, that would have been great. But for whatever reason, because he's in LA now and Pat had done, you know, a lot of those jerseys and banners are Pat's in that, in that arena. And so, but this to be the showdown on how, to, how Miami and LeBron come back together, I think makes it such a special moment in, in NBA history. And I know both parties, uh, obviously because of the relationship and the history, have a little extra uh, added incentive to, to go after this thing. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about uh, championship organizations, you know, as personal as some things may be, even though I don't think it's a, a serious beef anymore between anybody, I right. just think that it's still a personal thing to everybody. Uh, nothing is more personal than winning the title. And so nothing nothing's going to come before that uh, to either party. And, and at the end of the day, you know, uh, I know both teams are going to do everything they possibly can to be holding that trophy.
1: You know, you talked about, you know, moving on and and sort of embracing where you are now in life. Do you think we're all ready to move on from the comparisons of Jordan and LeBron? Like, largely speaking, I'm not talking about like the, the haters who are just going to hate, but I mean like the thoughtful people who get paid to have these sort of conversations. Do you think we're now finally past that where we can just accept the fact that they're both two great players and they're different. Man, and it just
2: is what it is. That's that's such a great question, L Z, because you, you're tapping into a feeling I had. To, I did an interview not too long ago and somebody was asking me about all of that. And when by the time I was done with the interview, I like kinda had this this feeling in my stomach like, what a waste of time. Like, who cares? Like at the right. end of the day, you know, when you're when you're in that conversation no one's going to win the discussion because if you're a bigger fan of LeBron, you're going to root for LeBron. If you're a bigger fan of Jordan, you're going to root for Jordan. If you're a bigger fan of Kareem or whoever else you want to put in that conversation, that's who you're going to lean towards. And so, you know, they all have done something so amazing and great in the game of basketball. Like think about what if LeBron James wins this finals and gets finals MVP, think about what he's accomplished with three different teams. I mean, that is something that I don't care who you are. Like that's greatness. Like you just have to define it as greatness. And as, as you start getting into who's better and all of that stuff, it's just such a waste of energy for me. Like I'm, I'm at the point now that I'm like, uh, when people ask me that question, I'm like, pass. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just, for me, it's like, you know, I just, I just think when well, you just, why can't we just stop in the moment and just appreciate when people yep. are doing something great? You know, Kobe Bryant was just doing something. Just stop and and just appreciate what you're you're seeing art. You're seeing you're seeing beautiful music play out right in front of you when a guy like Kobe scores eighty, <laughs> you know, and and, and Jordan's dropping sixty three and LeBron's getting these super triple doubles, and they're, all of them are winning trophies in in their own different ways and have MVP you know this many MVPs and this many final MVPs. It's just too much to try to to add up, unless somebody's built some algorithm that I don't know about. Because otherwise, Bill Russell's probably <laughs> at the top of that algorithm <laughs> if we go through the computer. So if you really want to argue, let's argue. You know, yeah. it's what's important. It's always about winning until it ain't, right? Right. <laughs> and yeah. so my thing is just, I think, as, as, a, as a basketball community, and I think most people in art that, that really know – Feel like I feel. But I think, as a basketball community in general, it's fun to talk about, but people need to chill on that because you're not, you're wasting time talking about something and you're not really paying attention to the beautiful thing that's happening in front of you where you got a 35 year old guy who had the world put on his shoulders in the ninth grade to be the greatest player ever. He's doing what's necessary to live up to that right in front of your eyes and you're still arguing. And it's such a waste of time.
0: David Fisdale with us here, ESPN NBA analyst, and of course, uh, former coach of the Knicks and the Grizzlies, uh, an assistant with uh, the Heat and LeBron back in, this, in those days, LA kid. Um, you know, speaking of, of appreciating stuff, the one thing I really want to appreciate in this series is the battle of the big men. Like, we have uh, AD who I believe, agreed, A.D. is, I believe, the best big man in the league, and I think that the the, the next up-and-coming big man who we're seeing kind of develop before our eyes is Bam. What do you make of that matchup?
2: Oh, my God. You're talking about some of the best that's ever come out of Kentucky. Uh, two unique bigs in their own right. They bring uh, a really Define skill set to the game. They both protect the rim. They both defend. Uh, they both have their ways of scoring and uh, impacting the offense. Um, you know, as AD can stretch the floor further. I feel like Bam's a better passer. Um, you know, it's it, what a unique uh, uh, matchup. And, and you know, someone was asking me the other day, like would you trade a Bam Adebayo for Giannis? And it's like, God, isn't that a tough decision? Like, as good as Giannis is, and you know he's the great MVP, Giannis, and it's like, man, but after you watch Bam play and you watch how he really impacts winning, that's just not an easy, like, oh, yeah, let's just make this trade. Like, it's like, hold on for a second. This guy's a winner. And, like, I call him Udonis 2.0. Because he's he's like Udonis Haslam from he from from the from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet, from what he believes in team and the Heat and the culture and how he exemplifies that he's he is just like UD, except he's bigger and more athletic and like he does all of this stuff and it's like so man what a matchup what a matchup I think the game is going to be won in that matchup. Um, I think I think that is because I think LeBron's going to do what he does. I feel like Jimmy Butler's going to kind of do what he does, but that matchup I think is going to define the series and define who holds the trophy.
1: Well, that means that the Lakers are going to win easily because the first two games they played this regular season, AD just got whatever he wanted, <laughs> and Bam struggled.
2: Well, if all finals was decided in the regular season, LZ, uh, there wouldn't be no reason for us to be on the phone right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true bro
2: that, that is true and see, and see the other thing that you got to think about too is the uh, the Heat have added veteran help defenders in Crowder and Iguodala and Solomon Hill guys that really understand how to be on that weak side and help or when it, when it's time to go double a A D AD when you need it or you know what I mean like they're going to be reliable to doing their job so that AD gets you know most likely does not get a lot easy, So that's why I see that it's going to be an interesting matchup.
0: David Fizdale, ESPN NBA analyst, of course, L.A. kid, coach of the uh, Knicks, the Grizzlies, assistant for the Heat, won championships there, championship head coach uh, – I'm sorry, championship assistant coach and, of course, a great head coach. And we're looking forward to him getting back on the basketball floor. But we do enjoy you hanging out with us, Fizz. So hey, thank you there? so much Just, for the time.
2: Can I ask y'all this? Well, who, y'all didn't say who you had.
0: I, ha- I have the Lakers in seven.
1: I got the Lakers LG? in five. You got them in what? I got them in five.
2: Wow, that's a, bold, that's a bold prediction. Is it? I'm going with my underdog, Heat, even though I know L.A. and LeBron is going to be mad at me. Uh, I think it's going seven, and I want to say, LZ, what you're doing for uh, black people in the movement, uh, you don't talk enough. Keep talking and keep speaking up and keep saying what you got to say because it's, it's powerful and it resonates.
1: Thank you, brother. I really appreciate it, man. I do
0: try.
2: Absolutely.
0: Fizz, always a pleasure, brother. Thank you for always making time for us.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Take care. There he is, David Fizdale. Uh Fizz.
1: That was fun. Got you guys in seven.
0: Yeah. He's more uh, a little more optimistic than I am.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just really bullish on you can't teach height. Uh, yeah. And, I know. Yeah. You love – listen, you love
0: big men, and I, we got to go to break here because right. Momo's joining us in a second. Um, she likes big men, too. <laughs> And you, you love big men. I remember you and I having arguments about uh, you know, big men all the time uh, back at the day in the morning show. <laughs> so uh, I, I know your affinity for post-play and
1: post-defense. I get it. Well, you, you, you got to have it. You know, when you get so enamored with shooting threes to the point at which you turn down wide-open layups because you're still looking for like, a contested three-pointer, you're doing it wrong. And there have been a lot of teams in this league over these last three or four seasons that have just been doing it wrong. The Lakers have decided, hey, we're bigger than everybody else. Let's score inside, too. And guess what? That got us to the finals.
0: Yeah, it'll be, I think it's going to be a fun matchup. I, I do. I do really think it's going to be a fun matchup. And Game one tomorrow, of course, 4 o'clock is when the coverage begins here on 710 ESPN. All right, we're going to get to Momo in three minutes. but
3: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
0: Sedan on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Thanks to David Fisdale for joining us there. Thanks for Amin for joining us earlier. You can uh, subscribe to the Sedan on LZ podcast on Apple Podcasts, ESPN app, Spotify, Google, wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, you can listen to the entire show there. It's been very Laker heavy. We will talk some Dodgers here, too, because Momo's here, and we can talk anything with Momo. Hello, Momo. Yeah.
4: What's up, guys? What's oh.
1: up, this Momo? Day. It's, the great day. it's <laughs> Christmas Eve, actually, if you care LZ about LZ said it was Christmas Eve. It does feel like Christmas Eve. I know. Bit. I'm
4: excited.
0: excited. It's final. It's very hot, though. It's a little hot. Even for Christmas Eve in California, it would be a little
1: hot. Yeah, but, just, uh, just a little bit. Momo. Yeah, if what you, up? If following the Christmas Eve theme. Oh, okay. If you reach under the tree, and you pull a box out, and you unwrap it, and you can only pull out one box, do you want the box to say Lakers champions or Dodgers champions? Ooh. What box do you want under your tree most? Ooh.
4: You're going to be really surprised with what I say.
1: Okay. You're going to say the Kings.
4: (laughs) I'm going to say the Dodgers. Yeah. I'm going to say the Dodgers, man. They haven't won since 88. Yeah. I'm a baseball girl, man. This is that's my sport, you know. Mm-hmm. And like, I grew up watching the Dodgers. I was I was little, I was real little Momo in '88 when they went. And so I don't know. I, like, even though it's sad that we can't go to the ballpark and all that, like, they've, they've been knocking on that door for eight years. So close. I, I think that's the one. That's the one. I mean, Lakers would be amazing, but like, you know, which person do I open first? I say the Dodgers.
0: Wow. Uh, well, Berkman said that yesterday, too. So, it, it may, it may yeah. you know, it, it's, a, it's a more of a sentiment than I thought it would be. Uh, I'd love to hear. 32 a long time. It is. I, I think the longevity of it, right, uh, LZ and Momo, that, that kind yeah. of plays a huge factor here. I mean,
1: think about yeah. it. Like, like LeBron James was in diapers the last time they won a, a World Series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, and the other thing, too,
4: is like the, the Lakers, have been, the, the Dodgers have been in the World Series twice and lost. In, like, heartbreaking fashion. You know, like I, I just, I'll never forget you, Darvish, in game seven. I'll never forget, you know, the, oh, oh. the, the, the Lion Sheet and Astros, right? Like, I'll just never, I, oh, I'll never forgive you, Darvish, for that. I know the Lion Sheet and Astros are part of that, but I'll just still never forgive him for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, at at you game seven, Darvish. there.
1: I'm still <laughs> calling him you, garbage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> LZ is rooting for the Marlins in game one tomorrow on
4: ABC wow, just, yeah, just I get because that. he hates Darvish that much. Wow. I get it. You know, I mean, I feel a little more bad about it knowing that the Astros were stealing his pitches, but still, it's just, it's just, I'll never forget that day at game seven.
1: Oh, it was just gut wrenching. So I'm, I'm with you. Um, yeah. As, as much as I, you know, grew up a Laker fan, love magic, blah, 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 I've said it a thousand times. Um, there's something about 32 years for a franchise as well-run now and as much as a place that they hold in the sport, it's a long time for them. Because we're, I mean, it's 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 Yankees and Dodgers. And then it's everyone else. Mm -hmm. And the Yankees have been winning and it's time for the Dodgers to get back on track.
4: Yeah. And I say this, like, knowing how much it would mean to the city of LA if the Lakers won. I mean, knowing how much LA had its heart ripped out when Kobe passed, like knowing how much the lakers mean to this town like like i get it you know and and i and i think that that would be an amazing story too but i i kind of think they're both going to win
0: yeah i think it's going to be I like it's, 88 it's very possible i think it's very possible that both win the the randomness of baseball though um is the uh-huh. only thing that makes me even more fearful like i think we had the discussion yesterday like which one do you think is more likely and I, I felt like the Lakers was more likely, mostly because of the randomness of
4: baseball. Like we've
0: seen, yeah, and also the Lakers are already there; they're already in the finals. Right, and you
4: right, the Dodgers still have to get through all these different rounds. Yeah, yeah, it's too many rounds. I don't like this. I don't like this new baseball thing. It's like everybody gets, everybody's in the playoffs now.
1: Yeah, it's a participation medal.
4: Yeah. Well, and I also, I think it's not fair to the, to the truly good teams that like you only get a three game series. Like you have like one or two bad starts and like two bad games and like your season's over against a team that really shouldn't be in the playoffs.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. I I think it's, it's interesting. Hey, Momo, before we, uh, we move on to the Lakers series. Yeah. The Clippers, something happened over there. Uh, you know, doc is out. Like you had a great story today for those that didn't get a chance to see it, you and Om Young Masook on ESPN.com and the ESPN app. What do we know about
4: why this happened and well, why now? It was interesting. I think we did the last hit we did. It was like right after the Clippers lost, right? And I was like, "Don't put this on Doc Rivers." I mean, this team just didn't want to be in that bubble. They didn't bring it. They just they kind of fell apart and they they panicked in every single one of those games, and especially the last four minutes of that Game Seven. It just looked like. All those players were like deer in the headlights, okay. And I don't know how that's on the coach. If the if the team just can't get its the, the players don't want to be there, and they they didn't bring it, and and there was a lot of other reasons why. But um, I I also and I, I'll tell you this: like everyone I talked to over there as this was unfolding, nobody thought Doc was gonna be out. I mean, they thought it would be like a, a conversation, but nobody had the sense. Either inside the Clippers or around the league, that Steve Ballmer would really go and fire Doc Rivers, that he would really go and to, especially, especially with how important Doc has been to the franchise and to the league as like a civil rights leader, I mean he's a he's an incredible presence and figure in this league. And like with what's going on in the world today, and and you know three black coaches have already been fired in the NBA this year, to to take out Doc and. Oof, I, I, that's that. That was a blow. That was a real blow, and I didn't think. I don't think people thought that Steve Ballmer would do that.
1: I didn't think he 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 would either. I I, I brought it up the week before. I think in terms of, I thought that next season Doc would start on the hot seat. Yeah. Because of what happened, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that Ballmer, to your point, will pull the trigger this off season in the shadows right. of the NBA Finals, but. You know, he is not an accidental billionaire. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, he, you know, did need loans and, you know, his taxes are all right. and he, he, Oh, yeah. He he's, a he's, real, he's a real billionaire. <laughs> so, he's, so he knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. So he's not going to make this move emotionally. No. So he, he already knows who's going to replace him. He already has had conversations with him. And we're just waiting for the announcement. He didn't fire Doc and then say, okay, what's next? Guys like that, they, they're that successful. They're, they're not the kind that's going to make an emotional decision like that.
0: So, Momo, who do you think is a legit candidate
4: for this job? So I don't, I agree with your premise, LZ. I, I, I kept thinking like, well, that was another reason why I didn't think they would fire Doc. And I was like, who are you going to go get that's, that much better. Is there anyone on the market right now that you look at and go, oh yeah, that's a star, right? Like, you know, when Toronto did this with Dwayne Casey, Mm -hmm. um, they had Nick nurse lined up, ready to go. He was coach of their G league team and they knew how good he was. And they knew like, okay, maybe a fresh set of eyes. And you know, by the way, it helped that they got Kawhi. Okay. But that, you know, they, they felt like that would really help. But I think with, um, I think with this I don't know that he has somebody lined up. I would think he does, right? I mean, doesn't that seem like your your point rationally is is the correct one? But it's I think it was I think they're going to take their time. Um I talked to a couple coaching agents, you know, yesterday and and just said like, "Come on, who is it? Who is it? What do you think?" <laughs> None of them had any sense. Um one of them suggested to me like, you know, I think if you're going to replace Doc, you really have to take your time and you can't just like hire somebody who's out there like don't don't be surprised if they go after a sitting head coach um that they just think would be a great fit i mean you know if if he has somebody lined up um it's a surprise to me and anybody else now the bigger question is does doc coach because all of a sudden he just became the most accomplished coach on the market yeah he'd be nice on an espn set somewhere
1: I thought Hell that no. too. Get back to <laughs> the sideline, man. Hell no. Go yeah. back and get another chip because right now the narrative is is that you only won a championship because you had those three great players in Boston and that mm-hmm. it wasn't you. Don't go run into a booth now, Doc. No. There are teams out there that I like that Orlando team you started with. Young, talented, needs someone with some authority to come show them the way. And I think that's a better option for him. Than mm-hmm. saying I'm gonna go into a studio after I got fired by the Clippers. I mean, you yeah. could take a gap year.
4: Yeah, you could take a gap year. It kind of depends on if he likes any of the openings right now. Right. Like if you look at Houston and say I know what I would do with that team, or if you look at Philly and say Yeah, that team can win. New you know, Orleans. Right? New Orleans, whatever yeah. it is, like then you run towards that job. But if if there's no job, if there's a job, that you, he he has time to be selective because I think people feel like he's a really good coach, and I and I think people feel like he'll get another job. It's just, so he could, he doesn't have to take the first one offered to him. All right, let's take a break. Let's get into
0: the NBA finals with Momo on the other side. We also have what you need to know. All coming up. We are back in two minutes. What you need to know is brought to you by friends at Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Uh, there is a Major League Baseball update for you. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg. Letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet recently set up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
3: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: There is a game in progress. The New York Yankees have a 7-2 lead in the bottom of the fifth against the Cleveland Indians. The Tampa Bay Rays won their first game against the Toronto Blue Jays 3-1. Uh, Momo is not a huge fan of all these extra wild card games, LZ. Uh, what do you make of the extra wild card games? Do you like them or you're not not so much?
1: Not so much. Not all so right. much. I mean, it's just okay. I don't like participation medals. I didn't raise my son to collect mm-hmm. participation medals, so I'm not gonna change that now. So mm-hmm. if you were a bad team, especially those teams with losing records, you don't deserve this moment. This isn't for you.
3: Yeah I agree.
0: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the other side of this. I think it's such a strange year, short season. Uh, you might as well, like, have the one off where you have this crazy tournament style kind of game. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm OK with it, uh, you know, at least for one season. I wouldn't want I do think there's going to be an expanded playoffs moving forward. I don't think it's going to be 16 teams. Yeah, um, two, I think two. it could be 12. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or maybe maybe even 14. But I don't think you'll have 16, which generally will remove the under 500 part of the equation most years. Uh, next, we have coronavirus has struck the football world. Uh, the Tennessee Titans had an outbreak. Notre Dame had an outbreak. Uh, LZ, will start with you. Uh, they have both shut down their facilities for a few days. Uh, are you surprised it took this long, I guess, is the question.
1: This long for an outbreak? Yes. Um, I'm not convinced that this is the first time a franchise in either, in either sport has or a school has dealt with an outbreak it's just i'm surprised that we found out about it and maybe Ooh, because okay. the numbers were so high that they had to shut things down they couldn't conceal it but i'm pretty sure i'm confident in saying that they've had other players individual and they just handled it without the media knowing it
4: hmm. Hmm. interesting yeah that makes Momo, sense what I, don't, do you think? I don't i don't disagree with that that sounds right um you know it's it's a uh, it's interesting with those guys because You know, I'm more concerned about the NFL outbreak than I am about the college outbreak. The college outbreak, to me, is inevitable—like totally inevitable. That was going to happen, is going to happen continually. Um, But in the NFL, they've done a pretty damn good job of of containing this. And we got to see if the Vikings have it now. If there's any reports of that, to see if any other players get it, because you know that they keep testing for a couple days. But the NFL is the real litmus test in terms of whether or not we're going to be able to have the the full season right like college football i think like you know one school here one school there is going to be a problem but but um this is the nfl where i thought they had all the protocols in place to 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 avoid something like this
1: lemon pepper wings girl undefeated Mm
4: -mm.
1: yeah
0: (laughs) oh that's so funny all right that's what you need to know uh, presented by Morongo, Play It Safe, Good Times. Uh, you're listening to KSPN, Los Angeles. Momo hanging out for another segment here. So, Momo, let's talk NBA Finals here. Okay. So, you picked what?
4: I did Lakers in six. Um, okay. I decided that I have picked the Lakers all season long since the preseason. Yep. And the reason yep. being,
0: you me, I thought- you meet Omen McMiniman. We're the four we the only. Are we the only ones? That- Wow. You, me, McMinniman and Ohm were the only four. And you know what tells me? By the way,
4: every time on social media, I'm like, Hey, every everybody's like, Didn't you pick the Clippers? I'm like, No, I actually didn't. Can you please just go look that up? Like, I really didn't. Like, I can go show you the receipts. Like, I always (laughs) there. I have receipts all over the place. Okay, we've multiple times, but it it the it always came down to this: in a seven game series, who are the best players? Who has the best players on the team? And I think LeBron and AD are the two best players. Like. And yeah. I trust LeBron more than I trust anybody else. Like I mean, it just right. It, it just got when you know we can go into how the Heat have such great shooters and great chemistry. What a great coach Eric Spoelstra is. But you know what? The Lakers have LeBron and AD. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's what that's what boiled it over for me. Now I'd pick the Lakers in seven um, because I I am the the basketball nerd in me. Mm-hmm. is absolutely, genuinely curious to see what Eric Spolstra bolt puts out there defensively for mm-hmm. game one. Because I, I think that from game to game, there is not a guy that is currently coaching. Um, you know, Pop is in this conversation too, but I think Eric has even surpassed him from adjustments, from a game-to-game from game adjustments. Now, Nick Nurse may be the best in-game adjusting, mm-hmm. but game-to-game game with time to, to really prepare – I feel like Eric is the kind of the cream of the crop right now. So just from a, and LeBron will probably figure it out. It may take him a little bit, um, but even a few minutes in one game could could cost you a game, and that's all you're hoping for if you're them.
4: Yeah, and and, and the, there's something to be said for. And you've said this to me when we've been texting about the Heat throughout this playoff run. Like they do have something special going. They do remind us of like those 2004 Pistons, where, you know, maybe Jimmy's the Chauncey of this group, and Bam is the. Seed Wallace or the Jim Ben Wallace whatever they just play really well together they're just they're just really in a good place and I I, I think that they I think they have so many different ways of beating you and they have a really good coach but ultimately like who are you going to take LeBron and AD or Jimmy and Bam
1: but Momo and, and, and George we talked about this I hear people talking about 2004 Pistons when it comes to this Miami Heat squad, and I can see some of that. Not a lot, but some of it. Because cool. I think you're underestimating the age difference between these two squads. But the other thing, too, is that Lakers squad that lost in 2004, if they would have gone to the, to the obvious mismatch with commitment, the Pistons might get swept. It was the simple fact that they did not feed Shaq the way they should have. And the numbers, and I I don't like to hang everything on numbers, but the numbers bear this. Like Shaq should have had the ball more. This Lakers squad, this team here, won't have to worry about them not maximizing their talent. They're not gonna have any jealousies. They're not gonna have anybody trying to be the alpha and so you can't have the ball or I need to prove a point against Tayshawn Prince or something like that. They're not gonna have any of that. If A D is rolling and they can't do anything about it, trust. They're gonna feed A D. He won't need to beg for the ball the way that Shaq needed to beg for the ball against a six nine Ben Wallace in two thousand and
4: four. It's a great point. I mean, that Laker team, I was such a I was a little baby covering that team. You know, like I didn't know anything. And so I think it was maybe, like, the first or second year I'd ever been in, you know, in an NBA locker room. And I went in there. We'd always just go talk to Carl Malone because he would just sit at his locker all the time. And he was, was like, your go-to, right? And he was always icing his feet, like, forever after games, right? And I remember um, covering that team. And, like, I don't think I knew how different that was from a typical team. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I knew how dysfunctional that team was. Um, and now, having covered so many other teams, you're like, "Oh my goodness, that team was a nightmare. That Laker team was just an absolute nightmare." So it's not surprising they lost. They didn't. They had all of this stuff going on behind the beneath the surface. They were cracking, you know. I mean, they. So this this Laker team, this is like the no drama team. We have to like come up with stories, you know. We have to like find some drama, you know. There's there's not really any drama on this team.
0: So. Which is the matchup you're most intrigued by?
4: Um, I would say Bam. Like, who you know? I think Andre Iguodala and Jimmy are going to probably guard LeBron. Um, I think what the Lakers, what, what Miami does with Bam, like, does Bam guard AD, or do they put like Jay Crowder on him? Does uh, does AD guard Bam? Does you know? Do they? Does if AD, does he go into the, into the block and try to draw fouls? Like that's going to be a real showdown or the go totally different and just put Bam on the LeBron. Like Bam's a hell of a defensive player. Maybe he, he can guard one to five. I don't know that, 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 that's that to me, like, you know, which way you go. I was talking to a head coach last night and they said, if, 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 if they were coaching the Lakers, they'd go big against Miami. They would, they would go with the big lineup. They would play Dwight out there or JaVale and make and put them on ban. And so Anthony Davis can just be you know, roaming around and make Jay Crowder guard him or something, right? But um, we'll see. We'll see. That's, that's, what, that's, that's where this this matchup looks really interesting to me.
1: Yeah, yeah I got Dwight Howard as my X factor. I think mm. he's going to play 20 minutes, and I think he's just going to wreak havoc, wreak havoc all over whatever they're trying to do. Because physically, there's just nothing they can do to match up with him either. Mm-hmm. Not without gang. not without a gang yeah. boxing him out.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, Dwight. Dwight is old, okay. Yeah. By NBA standards, and let me tell you something. I I did not know this. Did you Did you know what happened to Dwight last year? Do Do you remember what how it got reported? Look, all the
1: things that he went through. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally,
4: was like it got reported as like he had a butt muscle injury or something. Correct. Like, remember that? Yeah. Right, no, yes. you know what he had? He had a re- reoccurrence of his lower back injury. He had another back surgery. Like he had like that sciatica where you can't even walk. And for him to the like, go get that back surgery again. So it's a, it's a the first back surgery he had, I think it's called a laminectomy. Um he had that right before he got traded to the Lakers. He came back too fast. Um he's really never been the same athlete, but then to then have that again after you know, all of this when you're, what is he, 34, 35 now? Yeah. Um, and, and come back from that back injury and still have this kind of a season, get himself into the kind of shape he's in. Man, I, I don't think people fully appreciate what he's done.
0: No, oh, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with from a historical standpoint. I yeah. don't think we, we have understood what his body has been through um, and what he was when he was in his prime. Like, we forget yeah. that. Yeah,
1: And not just his body, though. I mean, he's had a lot of pain from a yes. variety of different ways that he's had to manage through all of this over so the last 12 months as well. hmm I mean, whatever you thought of, of of Dwight when he left the Lakers the first time, I, I've seen, and I've talked to him a lot over the years, and obviously this year as well, I've seen very little evidence of that Dwight Howard being present in a, in a Laker uniform this year.
4: Mm-hmm. Me too. I mean, I still think he checks his Twitter mentions. Okay, I still think he's, you know, sensitive and hmm. all the other things that we, you know, said about him before. But you know what? The biggest difference with Dwight is, is like, he not he's not trying to be the man. He's just trying to be part of the team. Yeah. And I think
0: that's the biggest difference. I saw mm-hmm. him today on the jump talking about that and just kind. Of, Curtis, do we have that cut about his role? Do you have that for me? All right. Let me hear that so Momo and, and LZ can hear it as well.
2: You know, at first, you know, as a player, you know, you're like, man, I want to play. I feel like I could do this, I could do that, I could help here and help there. But then I realized, like, I have to learn from all my mistakes in the past, you know. And sometimes the universe gives you so many different tests until you pass it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was one of the biggest tests for me is just always remain humble, stay patient, continue to continue to work extremely hard. And when you get that moment, just give everything you got.
0: Yeah, and I just think to your point, Momo and LZ, like his attitude had to change yeah. at some point.
4: Yeah, yeah like it, he had to just, once people stopped expecting Dwight to be a superstar, he was fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like he's not, he doesn't have to be a superstar, he's a role player. And, and I, I think back on this, like, you know, Kobe and I used to talk about this when Dwight was on the team um, the, the first time around. And he was like, you know what Bill Russell was? He was a great defensive player, he was a hell of a rebounder. And he scored in the low post. That's all we need from Dwight. Just be Bill Russell out there, man. Like you don't need to be Hakeem Olajuwon. You don't need to be Amari Stoudemire. You don't need. Just go be Bill Russell. That's your skill set. And yeah. I think that's what frustrated the Lakers. I know what frustrated Kobe when, when Dwight was here the first time. Like he felt like he needed to be the successor to Kobe right then and there. Yes. And now he's just like, no, man. I'm just part of the team. <laughs> and it's it's been really. I don't
1: know, heartwarming to watch, I think. It's a great story. And this roster, as good as the stories are with Miami, and they do have some beautiful stories, whether it's the, you know, the sort of the, I don't want to say that he did anything bad, but just Jimmy Butler's been validated. Let's just put it that way. Yes. And then when you look at, like, Goran Dragic was, like, one of the first players that Pat Roddy, like, traded for to try to get. To try to rebuild yeah. things and the fact that he's still on this roster as they finally made it to the finals is a testament to him. And then I obviously a hero and they got a lot of great stories. But the Lakers, we got some scrappy dogs too, man. And we've got players that have been through some stuff. Caruso came up the rough side of the mountain mm-hmm. and now he finds mm-hmm. himself an important piece to a championship. That's a great story. Dwight's a great story. Ray Ra- John is a great story. Yeah. So by we the way, got I'm tra- sorry, I'm
4: I'm 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 charging extra rent on Rondo Island. Can I can I get some extra rent? Because I was there first, right? I was there. Oh, listen, there? I was
0: I was last to get there. It wasn't until <laughs> Haberstroh was gave me that crazy stat about him in the playoffs that I finally just turned and said the hell with it. Do you know that me, stat?
4: Oh, I I think I've heard it, but go ahead and tell me again.
0: Rajon Rondo has the biggest jump in regular season PER player efficiency rating to the postseason in NBA history. And the number two player on that list is Akeem mm. Mm. The,
1: Wow. And the reasons why, and, and I wrote a piece for the LA Times, I believe it was last week or this week, I don't know, I just write. But um, I talked with Rondo, but I also spoke with other coaches, including, you know, Doc, of course, and Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I asked him to explain playoff Rondo. And they did say, they did it in a way that made all the sense in the world, which is, In the regular season, you're bouncing from team to team to team, traveling, traveling, traveling. In the postseason, you get to study. Mm -hmm. And playoff Rondo is a byproduct of him being able to employ his intelligence Mm -hmm. that the regular season doesn't afford him the same sort of time. So he gets an opportunity to study film on one team for at least a week and figure out their tendencies and and maximize what he can do against what they like to do. And Mm -hmm. that's the reason why, at least according to to the man I spoke to, as well as Rondo, why there exists a playoff Rondo. It is simply he gets to finally show off what a brilliant basketball mind he has.
4: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, man. He is, like, and that's why, like, you know, we go all the way back to LeBron saying in the finals, you know, in Cleveland, you know, we need some more basketball IQ. It comes down to basketball IQ, and, like, you could just tell he loves Rondo's game. Like LeBron has been a Rondo supporter the whole time. He's played against him his whole career. You know, obviously they had a lot of history together. And it's 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 uh, you know, it's it's game respect game. Like when yeah. you just see those subtle little plays that Rondo makes and he sees and he knows, like, that's that's you know, that's you know, I think a player like LeBron, where we have been blessed to see, you know, most of the time when you get to that level of basketball IQ and feel for the game, like, your body doesn't come with you, right? You're, yeah. like, too old for right. your body to execute. But right. somehow LeBron has extended his own personal window just long enough that we yeah. get to see the culmination of, like, basketball IQ and supreme athleticism. I don't know how much longer it lasts, but, you know. Enjoy like, it while it's here. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: incredible.
0: Yeah. Momo. Thank you for hanging out with us and always making time for us. We appreciate it. Of course.
4: It. Yeah. No, it's fun. I'm excited. You, can, this is like me being hyped. You hear it in my voice? <laughs> should I should – uh, can you play me a little Shakira? We get, you know. Well, we don't have Laura
0: today, so I don't know if, uh, uh, if, 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 Shakira, if Curtis can get to that quickly. Today. If
4: you can get me some Shakira, I can, like, really, I can really get that going.
0: Yeah. No? We got to run, though, because we're hard up against the traffic. All right.
4: I'll just, I'll just play it on my iPhone afterwards. <laughs> I'll just dance by myself.
1: <laughs> I, could, I could sing I'm, for you. Yeah. Okay, Go ahead, so Elsie. I'll sing lie. for her. Your hips don't lie. <laughs> lie.
4: Stop it. Oh, baby, when you talk like that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All
0: right, Momo. Thank you. <laughs>